All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Buffalo Bills. Maybe next year, the podcast that is finally kicked that Google habit and found a new bit of software to record with. My name is Frank. Uh, I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And we had um, we had vacation. I had vacation. And then the worst timing to suddenly have all the software we use shut down and no longer be available. Uh, Paul and Scott, we're going to try and get you one out the other week while I was out. Um, and it just it didn't happen because they were like, oops, Google just shut everything down. Um, so Google now Google Hangouts off air is more like it. Yeah, right. And I tried to go back in and I had the link saved and it was like super complicated. And I was at the beach and I was like, well, I I'm going to be honest. I didn't care about the listeners enough to, to get my ass on the computer and figure it out. Um <laughs> But as it turns out, Skype is no longer terrible. Skype is actually super good for podcasting, it seems. So here we are. We're going to get this one out. Um, no promises. We will try and get actually another podcast out as soon as the next preseason game is over. Um, but we are back on track. And hey, look, the Bills are 2-0 and and we don't podcast. So um, maybe we should consider that in our, in our plans going forward. The uh, Buffalo Bills beat the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers by a combined score of 51 to 30. Um, and it wasn't even that close. Uh, obviously I'm here to, you know, just sort of soak it all in and accept that the bills are going to be great this year. Um, no, I down. Well, 19 and oh, really like why mm. stop there? Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, maybe 22 and oh, by the time we, 23 and 0 by the time we do the preseason. Let's um, be honest with the Bills though, it's going to be 18 and 1 we realize, right? Yeah, but they'll yeah. probably lose one of those games to the Patriots like in week 5. So, they'll yeah. somehow lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I don't right. know how, but it's going to happen. <laughs> the the mid-season realignment that On they're going to be planning. Right. We'll um, them twice and they'll move them to the NFC, yes. Right, so the the, the Bills played in Andrew Luckless Colts team and a Cam Newtonless Panthers team in the preseason. Um, but it's hard for me not to feel good about some of the stuff I saw and read. Um, Scott, would you care to to rain on our parade here <laughs> to, to to do that? <laughs> um, yeah, Scott, you're great at crapping on things. That's your role. Yeah, I mean, no, I was talking to. There is a Panthers fan at the office, and he was like, "Thanks for not bringing up." Um, you know, the Bills stomping the, the Panthers in the preseason like Jay did. Shout out Jay. And um <laughs> I was like <laughs> <laughs> And I was and I was like, Well, if we didn't beat you when you didn't start Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, uh Luke Keekley, and Shaq Thompson, then we're terrible. So like if you take an NFL team and remove their six best players, you basically have Alabama. So it's kind of like at that point you really need to be the the, the better team and it and it showed. I mean the Panthers clearly were were kind of do trying to do some things in that game. I think um, from what I was watching, um, in terms of working on certain aspects of the game, obviously trying to figure out who their backup quarterback is. They clearly mm -hmm. need to keep looking. Um, Matt Barkley is not available. Uh, Tyree Jackson might be, um, but other than that, I mean, Allen looked fine. That is better than him looking terrible, but also does not mean anything like it, it doesn't really mean anything about what he's going to do week one, because as we remember last year, like Peterman was the better quarterback last year. And that obviously 
We'll doubt. Poorly. And he's he's being a preseason star from what I understand Once again, this year. darling of the preseason, Nathan Peterman, with his 50-yard yeah. scramble last week. I have not... Uh... <laughs> it, it was impressive. He looked very Allen-esque on, on, on that move. He did have a little... You're right. It didn't occur to me. But yeah, that was a little shade of Josh Allen in his running motion. Um, but no, I mean, they look good. I mean, the, it's... Yeah, it's like I, I read all the press first, and then I watched... I didn't get to watch the game until Sunday, and I was like... They couldn't be this good. Like, it's a preseason game. And he watched it. And, yeah, I mean, they took it to the Panthers in the second game. And then the, the first game, the defense played well. Allen was a little more inconsistent. Some of those short passes that he was making to Beasley in the second game, that he didn't make in the first. Um, I think, to me, yeah, it's good that he can find short Beasley. Uh, short Beasley. We should just call him short Beasley because that's yeah. clearly what. He's, going he's, to no, he's not year. a big guy, so it's not an exaggeration. He's, he's not going to be long, Beasley. He's only going to be short, Beasley. Precisely. Um, so, like, he's he's better at finding those, finding him on those short routes, which is good. Um, but it's still the preseason. Like, he needs to be able to find him when it's third and five in the fourth quarter, and we're down four, and they throw some weird blitz package at him, and then he's and the and the primary is to go to. Dawson Knox on an out and instead the, they take him away and now you have to reverse your eyesight find Beasley and know where he's going to be and get your footwork down and get it to it and execute him there in the fourth quarter like this is it's good that he can do it physically but on some level he could always do it physically it was a question of repetition and and fundamentals and kinning in the right mindset the the mindset is the thing that is hardest to translate from the preseason to the regular season because that's when everything changes in terms of the defense, the pressures, and the zones and stuff. So I'm not um, I'm not like completely sold that Allen's the guy forever, but I'd rather have him look good than look bad. So in that sense, it was good. The run <laughs> game looks doesn't look great, but I will let that kind of sort itself out. McCoy does not look like he's particularly gained gained a step since last year. Um, but again, hopefully we'll just call that preseason kind of most going through the motions here. Um, the defense has looked good against a bunch of terrible quarterbacks. So um, good for them. But they, as they pointed out repeatedly on the Carolina broadcast, like the bills were actually like number one in the league in pass defense last year. Some of that was because the run defense wasn't that good and we were behind in a fair amount of games. So teams didn't need to like throw to catch up, but it was also because we were pretty good defense last year. So yeah, if, if they're, whooping a bunch of guys who are barely in the league at quarterback i'm not i'm not really impressed by that but again it's better that they're there or not so i'll take it all right paul do you want to um take the fly out of scott's soup at all or do you also want to send it back to the kitchen i i will uh you know what i'm gonna eat the fly soup i'm gonna recognize the flies in the soup and i'm gonna consume it anyway so i will agree with one huge point Scott made there, and he talked about the mental adjustment that you take going from the preseason to the regular season. If that didn't exist, we would still be talking about whether Josh Allen is ready to take over for Nathan Peterman. Because Nathan Peterman, as we've established, is a preseason superstar. Remember his his stats last year, how clear it was that he won that job coming out of training camp and coming out of the preseason games. And then it's like the regular season starts and the switch goes off. You know, they usually talk about a switch going on with him. It would just go off. So we're going to, you know, Ron Rivera talked in his post game and said this was a very vanilla defense they faced. So that was kind of a dick thing to say. I mean, really just say, you know, their game planless team uh, beat our game planless team. So, uh, you know, I give the I give credit to the Bills for 
execution. I, I give credit to, you know, just I feel like this this the offensive line was still playing against a pretty decent defense. Yes, a Keekleyless defense, but it's not like the Panthers are a bunch of scrubs on defense either. They still held their own. Josh Allen never was running for his life on on any play. He was a little more under duress against the the Colts, especially his uh, new guy. Cody Ford got his legs underneath him. I, I realize I can't call him new guy because they're all new guys on the offensive line that's pretty true. much. Yeah. So that's not how I can identify him. But despite all the misgivings of it being the preseason and not overreacting, I think what I was encouraged by is what we're seeing is also what we're being told that they're doing. These are not fluke occurrences. It's okay. We're going to, you know, this Devin Singletary guy, he's not the fastest guy, but he's going to have some escapability Oh, through two preseason games. We've seen that. Oh, you know, Cole Beasley's not going to be a deep threat downfield. He's not going to get a bunch of 15 yard games. Uh, but, you know, he can catch, you know, five balls for 44 yards and a quarter. OK, they they did that. And then on defense, it's going to be, yeah, we lost Kyle. And that's a big loss. But Ed's going to step in. And these players are now a lot of them in their third year in the defense. You've got Trey White and Matt Milano coming into their own. You've got some great depth uh, on the line now. You've got some great depth in the secondary. And they play, you know, Kevin Johnson's pick six was just like, great. Kevin Johnson, you're probably not even starting day one but I already feel you're a more effective corner than the corners we would have had, you know, uh, whoever was across from Stefan Gilmore before Ronald Darby got there. I don't even remember. So, you know, all in all, yes, I, I recognize the flies in the soup. It is a, a preseason game and they're both preseason games and you can't overanalyze them. So we are not going to, I will take the one plus out of it that the, the, the things are coming together in the way they were discussed that they would be coming together with us as the fans. And so that at least is an encouraging sign. Okay. Um, I, th- I think it's hard for me not to be excited. I, I'm in the same boat, by the way. So I yeah, well to contain myself. It's just, I, I don't know if they're going to be good, but I do really think they're going to be fun this year. And I think that that's different and I think that's built off of last year, too, right? I think Allen at least showed last year that, like, the second half and when Dable had kind of was able to kind of work with him a bit, that there was something there worth watching, which, I don't know, plenty of years, there isn't much worth watching. Um, I expect the defense to be still pretty good. I mean, uh, until they're, you know, as much as we need the 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 offense to to show us before we believe in them, I think that that garners the defense on some level the benefit of the doubt because they have been showing us and they are pretty good and they do some good things. And, you know, sure, there's new faces, but also there's lots of not new faces. So I'm excited for that. I, th- I feel like I'm, I'm excited that they are coming out with Allen passing. I don't know that I want to say that I think that that's the offense coming out next year, but... On some level, you're, you're, you know, shiny new quarterback. You need him to throw the football, right? That's the reason you got him was to throw the football. So they're out here doing everything they can to give him as many opportunities to throw the football so he can get on the same page as Cole Beasley and, and whatnot. And there was some interviews with him where they, they talked about how things were already getting better. And there was one or I think there was a play that Beasley really liked that they, they you know, are incorporating into other things and so that's the kind of good thing to hear um it's it's exciting football um i i feel like 
that the crowded running back room, I don't know how that's going to shake out. Um, I feel like Sonoris Perry or um, TJ Eldon, like, I'm not quite sure like what one of them is going to be doing. I feel like that we're going to lose one They're of these people. are going to be watching Christian Wade on the field. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and we will get to Christian Wade in a second. Um, but just overall, I'm, you know, I'm happy. Um, and it, that's a dangerous place to be for a Bills fan. But I, I, again, I'm optimistic that, you know, you know, he, he, the things I like about Josh Allen are that there seems to be some sort of investment in him. They're not like hiding him or, um, I don't know. I feel like with EJ Manuel, like, what am I trying to say? Whenever he speaks, Whenever they talk to him, even though he's like a child, he sounds very professional and he sounds like he's genuinely professional, not that he's rehearsed professional. He sounds like he knows what the deal is and he's in charge. And not only is he in charge, but he's sort of, I know what I need to do and I'm working on what I need to do and it's getting better and we're focused on it and I got no worries that I'm going to be better. And I put amount of I, you know, he he is convincing in that regard. So I'm hopeful that um, it is truthful or that it, it turned not, you know, that it turns out right, that that it turns out the way he thinks it will. Um, Christian Wade, of course, uh, is also awesome. The uh, rugby player w- with our European fan base. I, I imagine there must be plenty of people familiar with the rugby career of Christian Wade that listen to us. And they should write in and tell us their favorite Christian Wade memories, or maybe they, maybe they hate him because he played for the other team, you know. But he uh, he certainly made the the running look natural. Um, <laughs> you know, first handoff, he took it to the house for 65 yards, was it 65, and then two more carries for two yards, and then his first catch in the next game against the Panthers uh, took that 50-ish yards and just missed a touchdown. Um, Wherein he missed, like he totally misread the. Uh, he, he, here is the here is the the rub. Of course, is like he totally screwed up on the blocking. I think on the catch, and so like should have easily scored, and instead turned it into like this adventures in in babysitting um, with him. He also, uh, what what did he do? He didn't know to get off the field uh, after he scored because he was ready to run back and you know set up for the the return after the try. Um, and somebody had said that he had run to the middle of the field because their rugby players are used to running to the middle of the field to, you know, cause wherever you score from, that's where you kick the, what their extra point is. Um, he also does not know how to block people. That is yes. his own admission. Right. He's like, I've got, you know, you would, you don't block in rugby. And so I have no clue how that works. And, um, and on some level running patterns, I mean, I'm sure you can teach him run this way and over and look for the the football. And that's like the most basic of base things. Um, I would love for him to be on this football team because he, he was very fast, but he's 27 and doesn't know how to play two thirds of the, the game. It seems Paul, am I, am I right? in assuming that he's probably not going to be on the roster. Right. I would, I would agree with that, but I will say, I don't think it's definite that he won't be on the roster and I'll give my, my logic for that. I tweeted something that could end up aging very poorly about how, you know, that type of speed and escapability doesn't grow on trees. And can the bills in fact 
you know, afford to expose him to waivers. Now, I once in the preseason raved about Landon Cohen. Do you remember him? I vaguely do. But uh, Twitter shows I was a big fan of his in the preseason. He didn't make the roster. He did end up with Seattle briefly. He'll be on this day in Bill's headlines at some point in the future, I'm sure. But back to Christian Wade, this is my my logic here. So I think in the ideal world, all of the flaws that Frank just brought up about him are very much true. But what could happen here is the Bills and, and Brian and I were going back and forth trying to figure out if, in fact, they could just move him to the practice squad is on a free spot and not expose him to waivers. I didn't think they could. And through every news outlet today that reports on the bills reported, uh, that is unfortunately in fact the case. So he can't just go right to the practice squad. They would have to expose him to waivers. Now here's the danger for me with that. The a team is not going to play Christian Wade this year. He is not ready to play. Is there a team that has, you know, a couple solid running backs, you know, a, a good a good clear starter and a solid backup, but really no good third guy who they don't necessarily need to even be active on game day. That type of team could pick up Christian Wade when he's exposed to waiver and say, hey, we'll train you. We'll get you up to speed. You're probably going to be on one of our eight scratches on game day every day and let him learn in their system and take him. I think that's a very real risk. Uh, but as Frank knows, he's actually now 28 years old. He just had a birthday. So mm-hmm. he is getting up there and running back years, which makes him less than than appealing in that regard. So I do think, though, you know, you can you can either cut Perry and Yeldon and keep Wade. And, and essentially the Bills can roll out McCoy, Gore, Singletary with with uh, Patrick DeMarco blocking for them every week and leave Wade as a healthy uh, scratch. Or they can, you know, take a risk, expose him to waivers and get him on the practice squad and have him, you know, learn for a year in the system. And heck, even if he's, you know, a guy who he has, he's older, as is noted, even without being hit all the time in pads at the NFL level, he's still going to have some wear and tear. But if he ends up being a good complimentary back for two to three seasons who can put up Carlos Williams type numbers, the one season Carlos had was with the Bills. That's a worthwhile expenditure, especially considering what you've spent on him, which is nothing. He literally doesn't even cost you a roster spot right now because he's still on that that exemption. So yeah, and you can. And I I don't know if you said this. I I I was listening, but if they keep him on that list, they can put him on the practice squad, but they can't bring him up this year. Right. But no, but nobody else can claim him. There's some there's some rule with him specifically because he's on this international roster. Right. If, if you're trying to figure out the NFL's international exchange program, I have some advice. Forget it and get a gremlin. It's easier to take care of those, and the rules right. are more straightforward. So, because then, then yeah, the version brought up: what if he is released by the Bills, picked up on someone else's 53, then they cut him, then the Bills put him to the practice squad. Does the exemption apply then? Can they make him an 11th member of the squad? Or does he have to be one of the 10? You know, it's, right. So, so, but there is a way to keep him and pay him this year. Um, more than he was probably making at rugby, honestly, actually, um, and but not have him on the roster and learn. Right. Um, so I, I think our secret hope, and then I'll turn to Scott, is is that he does indeed get waived. He sneaks through to the practice squad, learns for a year, and then next year when Frank Gore is retired, the Sean McCoy has moved on, Singletary is a feature back, and he's getting and you know. Wade knows the game enough to at least, if not be a second guy, a third guy who can can help. Because like I said, that 
his his talent is special, and I, I would hope he gets to stay in the organization. Uh, feel free to comment on Christian Wade Scott, and then take us into the open-ended uh, statement injuries, uh, and however you want to discuss <laughs> them with the Bills. Okay, I will. I will briefly say that yeah, like obviously, like it's fun to watch him play, but yeah, he's not. He can't. He can't. You can't really have him on the field. It's not worth. It's not worth a roster spot to have him on the field. Like I was kind of thinking the other day, like what is how many people would there have to be on the roster before it made sense to put him on? And I kind of got to like, well, you'd probably want like basically a replacement for pretty much everybody, and then you'd start thinking about him. Like, e- like you'd want like the full starting like. 22 then you get to 44 then you got eight for game days and then or you got eight more on the roster but then less than that for game days so you'd probably want to get a whole nother kind of maybe another 15 or 20 guys before you want to before you'd be willing to use a roster spot on a guy who can probably play some decent special teams if you taught him the rules well enough now you still have some risks there Mm -hmm. um and could be on the field on offense like Percy Harvin or like like early Percy Harvin before he like learned how to do stuff and was still had some running back and he can, so he can have some gadget plays where he's on for like 10 or 15 plays a game at most and mm-hmm. even then like Isaiah McKenzie kind of does like 90% of that and knows what the hell he's doing on the field so it it seems tough but yeah i mean i think it it makes a lot of sense to I, I'm not. I understand Paul's concern. I'm not terribly concerned. I don't think if we were really confident we had something here, I think the rest of the league would be like, well, if he's really that good, the Bills would know, and they would have just put him on the roster. So there's no real reason for us to go out on a limb um, when you know, again, it's it's kind of I don't want to say a big risk, but it's a bit of a risk to try and let it, to bring a guy onto the roster when it's a bit of a luxury for that 10 or 15 plays a game, maybe that he's valuable. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think he's a great story. I like watching him play. I like seeing exciting plays. It's easy to get to root for him, but yeah, a lot of the game is ultimately just knowing where you're supposed to be, to be and knowing the rules. And he clearly doesn't know that, know enough of that. And, and even like at McDermott's press conference the other day, like I think someone was saying that like someone basically kind of asked him that in a kind of way. And he, like, he kind of had this look for a split second, like, that's insane. But then he snapped, he snapped back into like process mode of like, well, you know, it's exciting to see him play and, and you know, it's, he's got a lot to learn. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, beyond that, I mean, uh, injuries, man, it's not, it sucks. Yeah. Why can't they just be robots, man? <laughs> robots don't break hard. Well, I guess the robots do break down sometimes, right? Yeah, robots. Yeah, there's, there's no. It, why can't they all be like god particles? That would be. I think that's. Or no, they would. Would a god particle break down? Does that, that might decay? Be I don't know. I don't know. Bose Higgs. Yep. <laughs> Podcast. Yep. Um. This is what happens. We we all tried to think for a second and then realize, wait, we're not scientists. <laughs> no one's. No one's. No one's. Dark no matter. One's uh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like exactly. unless it was on Firefly, we don't know it. What if Josh Allen could be, if you put Josh Allen in a box and he was dead 
No. With a fox. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> but we then you not, could not with a if fox. You, if you op- like, you didn't know whether he was dead or alive, but you knew that if you opened the box, he was dead. Would you open the box? That oh, seems man. really mean. <laughs> it would have to be your bull. It would have okay. to be your bull. Okay. Um, no. Um, no. Yeah. So, I mean, well, okay. like the Mitch Morse. And the offensive line continues to not be anywhere close to normal. Like with Morse, Morse is arguably the most important guy on the line because he's the one who has to give all the 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 pass protections. That was the whole reason that they brought him in was so that he could biggest free agent signing in years by salary. Yeah, so that he could do the protections and Allen doesn't have to worry about that stuff. And now we got Feliciano in there, and it's like he. I'm pretty sure he's just on the team because our offensive line coach came from Oakland and he liked him. And I'm not saying that that necessarily means he's a bad football player. I'm just saying I'm not sure it's entirely merit-based that that's where he is. And it, it's entirely possible that he'll be crap when we get to the regular season. So I'm a little concerned, at least on the offensive line. And then you have tight end, uh, and that's not good either. Yeah, it's. Oh. Uh, I, I, uh, do you want to go, Frank? Sorry. No, you go, please, please. Yeah, I think Morse was the one. He topped my list of the the most concerning in terms of of injuries because yeah, he's your big sign. He's supposed to be the, the star. He's supposed to be the glue that holds together that line and gives you a, a running game. And we talked last year about their other big free agent signing, which was, was star little Lely. And you know he didn't put up anything in the numbers category, but you saw the run defense really stabilized from the year before when they'd gotten shredded by the jets and the saints and a bunch of teams in consecutive games and just gave up a ton of yards. And they didn't do that last year. They were a slightly better than average, um, you know, run defense, not, not that much better than that, but slightly better than average. So you were kind of bringing in Mitch Morris to do the same thing on the other side. Hey, he's going to make the calls. He's going to, Make this offensive line be cohesive. The run game's going to be a lot better. And here we are, less than three weeks from the regular season, and he is not practicing with with Josh Allen and hasn't really had a live practice. Well, he's had one live practice with Josh Allen and with the rest of his linemen. And so there's you're losing any chance to have cohesiveness going to the regular season, knowing he's going to have at most two weeks to get to know all of his teammates and learn that. So that's going to be a problem, and I expect that to rear its head Week one, whether he he's in the lineup or not, they also lost some depth with Adrian Waddle, who is again a fringe guy, but a guy who is probably going to make the roster. And when you're bound to get injuries at tackle, you're bound to need a sixth lineman on the goal line because you can't use Kyle Williams anymore. So you know that that hurts. Uh, EJ Gaines, I don't think anyone's shocked uh, about Gaines. You know, this was kind of exact. If you told me they were to sign him, he would play well in a few practices. Then suffer what looked to be a minor injury, then end up on IR, then be released from an injury settlement. I'm like, yeah, that's EJ Gaines. And then the only other one I'll mention, I, I did a list Knox, Kroom, and Croft for tight end, but I'll give give Frank something anyway. <laughs> I've, I've been keeping an eye on, on Matt Milano, and he seems to be doing very well, but I, I, what I, I, two of the three of us named him the MVP of the team last year, and the other one had him second. And so this is a guy we know how key is to the team. He's suffered a brutal, gruesome, uh, broken leg. Uh, can he come back from that and be the same linebacker he was last year? If so, then he's going to carry this defense. He's looked good when I watched him in the preseason, which admittedly is not much. So I just kind of really hope he returns to form because, you know, he can be such a difference maker on that defense. Okay. Um, 
But I we did no... leave you tight ends, Frank, and that's a juicy topic because they only have one healthy one, really, uh, with Lee Smith in terms of most of the preseason. Well, why did you leave that to me? You guys are the experts. <laughs> now I have to look up the names of the tight ends. <laughs> Dawson Knox, Jason Dawson Crew, Knox. Croft. Yeah. Jay right. Reamers Ma. Jay Reamers Ma, right. Uh, I know I'm Dawson... Yeah. Dawson Knox to me is like is is in the Mitch Morse position, right, where he's new to the team. He was counted on to to be an impact player and has yet to really take the field or do anything. And I, the, the only other thing I would have to say on it, though, is it, it seems reminiscent. I feel like every time we get a tight end, it's like, oh, he's going to be literally fill in the blank. He is going to be a security blanket for quarterback X, who last year had some good qualities and some bad qualities. And. How great is it going to be when X quarterback can throw to Robert Royal or uh, dipshit from Miami, whose name I've already Clay. forgot. Charles. No, his name is dipshit from Miami. I'm sorry. <laughs> Charles Clay. Right. Like and then Charles. I thought Clay you're just... talking about Kevin Everett. I'm like, that's a little harsh because he actually no. went to Miami. <laughs> well, he went to Miami. Well, I meant from... for the Bills. Well, I meant obviously the Miami Dolphins. I wouldn't right. say that about Kevin Everett. He anyway. Um, yeah, Charles Clay sort of wandered back into the end zone and nobody saw him or threw him the ball. And then he just quietly left after that. He just sort of wandered out into the darkness to go wherever he was going to go. It's the, it's the same old song with the tight ends. And so, um, my attitude towards injuries is, first of all, then you get these guys back and, you know, it's like the, it's not the Antonio Brown question, but like, I was thinking the day about how much trauma like Antonio Brown is causing. And if somehow you could get him on your team tomorrow, would you want him in the sense that even if he was going to play properly, like could, could he learn what you need him to do? Right. And he's certainly more talented. This is a terrible example. Just throw that whole Antonio Brown thing out. What I'm saying is like Mitch Morse is obviously the best center on the team when he's healthy, but how long is it like, are you going to want him in there? Because now everybody's got to get used to the way Mitch Morse does things. And so the answer is obviously yes, but you still are going to have these growing pains in the beginning of the season. But, I'll you know, back. Oh, OK, Scott will be right back. Um, it's a good which, thing his uh, key segment isn't coming up next. Yeah, definitely. It's that a, would be that would be terrible timing. It'd be terrible timing if we were suddenly going to get into wacky schedule. Uh, but thankfully, we might have some Facebook and Twitter we questions. We do. We've got at least a Twitter question that we can really stall on if we need okay. to. Okay, we can we can make that work. Right. Um, do, I could do, I could fire up my video game and we could just all quietly watch me play for twenty minutes while we wait for Scott. No, no. Yeah, that, now that's I will I will have one brief uh, stalling tactic, which is a note I did listen to uh, Bills and Beers today, and they did refer to this time, specifically this 8.30 p.m. time, is like bedtime protocol. Uh, and that's when, you know, the kids are in bed, you kind of can relax. It's the oasis for, for adult things. Um, at the same time, you've got to be quiet because you never know when a child is going to awaken and yes. all of a sudden, you know, things get thrown for a loop. So We're just, uh, they walk downstairs looking for someone to snuggle with. <laughs> oh, well, there you mine. go. Are you being snuggled with right now? No, no, I think he's, I don't know. He might just come back down in five minutes, so we'll see. Well, if he if he does, we'll ask him 
to pick the wacky <laughs> schedule. Exactly. He, okay. he probably has a good chance of getting these right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do the Twitter question since Paul already mentioned it. And then, right. we'll do, sure. then we'll go over to wacky schedule. Yes. So, all right. The, the Twitter question, I apologize. This one came in very late. We, I think we had already just recorded our last pod and this one came in right after that. So we ended up uh, missing this one. So as I scroll through my phone, because as we discussed uh, before we go on the pod, TweetDeck hates me. So it's TweetDeck is not really a viable option. But essentially the question, and I can't find it right now, so I'm just going to uh, wing it. But, oh, here it is. Would you be happy, and this is from B. Jenks. Thanks for listening. Would you be happy with Josh Allen putting up Tyrod's identical stats from 15 to 17 over the next three years? And would McBean be happy with it? The fan base, discuss. I have a very, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, not solid answer, a very extreme answer on this. But I will let, let's, let's let, you know, we never let Frank talk first. Frank, your, your hot take on this. No, I would not be happy with that because even though they were decent numbers, the plan was, the idea was we needed better. And so if he can't be better, then the whole damn thing's been a waste of time. That's my thought on it. And it's like, you know, you could have had Tyrod um, and you did have Tyrod and you didn't want him and you said we need better. And so it, it also is partially because they're different quarterbacks in the in the strength of arm category and Allen is a much younger quarterback with a who should have a higher ceiling so no I feel like if if we get Tyrod Taylor for the next three years and you know get some nine and seven finishes and don't really amount to much else not okay with it like it seems like a waste of time it was it was it would have been a waste of basically last season where we could have kept the team intact roughly from yeah from where we were a playoff team the year before and resources <clears throat> right like and, you're not trading up to get him now exactly and and use those resources to fill in gaps and improve some of the other positions to make the the tyrod version of the bills better and maybe they maybe they're able to win that playoff game on the road in the wild card round and get into a champ into a divisional round and maybe something weird happens and you get into the championship game or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, the theory is, is that I, I think the theory is, is that the quarterback's the most important position. So you have to get it right. And if you don't have a star, then everything else has to be perfect. And it's much easier to get quarterback right than it is to get everything else to be perfect. Because I feel like the Patriots, the last 15 years for the most part have only you know the the best time the closest they ever were to a perfect team was the team that almost went undefeated and then lost to the giants in super in the super bowl but most of those other years they've had a variety of flaws that have been completely camouflaged by brady and belichick and their their respective kind of mastery of their positions and 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 and, and whatever they do all day so i think uh yeah so you, the theory is, is that Allen's going to, you know, you draft Allen in the top 10 thinking that he is going to be a top 10, if not top five quarterback in the league. And that that removed, that creates a, a very big margin of error for the rest of the team. So if you're just getting to nine and seven, you could do that with, you know, half 90% of the quarterbacks in the league, probably if you put enough talent around them. So. Yep. I agree with, with both of you. You didn't, you didn't pick this guy where you picked him to be the next uh, Tyrod Taylor. You're, you're, 
absolute goal here is for him to be a star quarterback that leads the team to too many victories on on bills and beers they mentioned you know uh, i think it was lars who mentioned like he wants to see josh get to four thousand yards be the which will only be the second season a Bills quarterback has ever done that. I don't even need that standard uh, right now in 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 this what you know this year of his performance. But I want to see a distinct step up over Taylor. I want to see a guy who is going to be able to throw for 300 yards in a game during regulation time, which Tyrod never did in Buffalo. He hit the benchmark once when it was when it was an overtime against Miami and he crossed 300 yards. So I want to see a guy who's going to be able to, you know, win the game with his arm consistently, uh, which is something Tyrod simply couldn't do. So I, I don't think any of us, the fans, McBean, uh, I don't think anyone would be happy if he ends up being Tyrod version 2.0. Okay. Um as I move the washing to the dryer and put myself on mute, Scott is going to get us started on Wacky Schedule. Wacky Schedule underway. The first week of our Bills Wacky Schedule is week five against the Tennessee Titans. In an attempt to liven up the sport in a tie-in with uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho, the Bills have agreed to uh, with the Titans and the NFL to instead of playing an actual football game, uh, Josh Allen will, in fact, uh, chess box Marcus Mariota. Chess box. I have to look up. I have to look up this term. Or else chess can... boxing. The object of the game, the object of chess ah. boxing, is to either beat your opponent in alternate rounds of chess or boxing. Matches can be either one. Uh, one from either discipline with the chess coming down to checkmate or forfeit and the boxing in either a stoppage or points decision. Uh, the match consists of 11 rounds, six rounds of chess and five rounds of boxing with one minute intervals in between each round. Uh, they essentially play speed chess and boxing is scored on normal points. Uh, most games end in a, uh, most games do not end with the chess game getting to checkmate in the, uh, essentially the, uh, you know, the, the, I think it's like six minutes or, or 12 minutes. I forget how long the chess rounds are. It doesn't have it on this particular site, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they, uh, it usually ends up being settled on boxing points. Just FYI. I'll put that All right. Up. So it's usually, uh, it's usually brawn over brain in these, uh, they, they should really call it box chessing then, but I guess chessing is not readily a verb in that regard. All right. So who is, that is, that is the problem with, with chessing as of, yeah. Right. So did I understand Christ correctly? It's, is it Josh Allen versus someone? Did you say specifically? Uh, Josh Allen versus Marcus Mariota, and it's a four-round minute of chess and a three-round minute of boxing per per for, for each each of the eleven rounds. For like one round of chess, one round of boxing. I feel this is. I do not mean this in any way to insult the University of Wyoming educational system, but I do. I am concerned about that. The first four minutes of this, I feel if Allen can get past the first four minutes, he's going to be in good shape. You know, nothing against Mariota's physicality. He could. Uh, you know, beat me ten ways to Sunday uh, with his fists, you know, and and I have no doubt about that. Josh is a big guy who takes constant beatings. I mean, he had to play behind the Buffalo Bills offensive line this this past season. I th- I think with that that ability to take that amount of pain, I think if he gets past that first four minutes, even if he doesn't knock Mariota out in the what is it three minutes of boxing, then you said yeah. after the first four, yeah. I think when they go back to the chessboard. He will have knocked Mariota 
senseless a bit enough that Mariota's chess moves won't be proper, and Allen's chess is probably not going to suffer that much, no matter how many times he gets hit uh, there. So I'm going to say Allen wins this in what would be the fourth overall round or the second round of boxing. Um, can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. I'm yeah. back. Okay, good. I took myself off the mute. I just looked up the Wonderlick scores for Josh Allen and Marcus Mariota. Oh, uh, research. Whoa. When did we and, do a pod that did research? You know, Marcus Mariota had a very impressive 33, which it turned out to be the same score as Tom Brady. Josh Allen, 37. Oh, so, so Josh Allen, by one metric, smarter quarterback then Marcus You're Mariota. Right. I'm looking at a Washington Post article, and it says leaked Wonderlick results look good for Josh Allen. That's the one I pulled up. That's the one I pulled up. So I'm going to have to go and say, you know, I think I think that Josh Allen uh, has the physicality to keep the boxing match, but I don't think he's going to try and win in the boxing. I think he's trying to wear down Mariota, and he gets checkmate in the uh, – I'd say probably three, the third or the fourth chess um, round. I don't know. I think you said they go to five. I think he, I think he just beats him around the edges and gets him a little dizzy to really secure the victory. And he's, you know, looking to and then, to, and then to pin him down. The, drops the queen into rook four, and then game. Yeah. Over. <laughs> quick, quick, uh, double. I actually picture Josh Allen standing up going queen to rook four, bitch checkmate. And then walking away. Yeah. He's got like a quick pawn to Bishop Knight's gambit divided by three. And then Mariota's Mariota's Oregon defense fails him in the again. final minutes. Again, again, Oregon defense, not a good chess move or in college football. Right. Um, and assuming, yeah. assuming Frank didn't read the rest of this article, uh, we'll have a quiz during this day in Bill's headlines on the <laughs> Wonderlick scores of the rest of the people Ooh. from last year's first round. <clears throat> that is a good. We should definitely. That's a fun game. We should. Do I guess, did guess Bill's Wonderlick scores. Yeah. Well, we should just do it with Bills because I did look at this list, so I do uh, know, you know, Lamar yeah. Jackson, not such a great Wonderlick score. But of course, the Wonderlick is a flawed and terrible test from what Agreed. we can tell. Like all, like all tests, like yeah. all standardized yeah. testing. They are a function of some nonsense. So exactly. And okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for the one that got me my job. Right. Uh, (laughs) There wasn't a test for that. Just awesomeness. Okay. So then, uh, I also, uh, like Josh Allen. Um, I think that, you know, it's really to me, I don't think that Mary, like I kind of went back to the college education kind of thing. And yeah, Wyoming is, is, is like bottom tier D one, but it's not like Oregon is like, a super good school. I'm sure it's better than Wyoming, but probably not by a lot. Sorry, mm-hmm. Pac-12. Womp womp. Um, and then, but then, Allen, I think, has a tremendous advantage in the ring with, I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and assume he's got at least a six-inch uh, range uh, punching, like, reach uh, advantage over Mariota, and he's just going to be able to set up that jab all day. And just wear Mariota down. That's going to be a long day at the office for Marcus Mariota. Because I don't think there's any... We're not doing it. There's no weight classes in chess boxing. I mean, maybe there is. But not in this game. So, not in this one, right. <clears throat> so, sorry, Marcus. Uh, see you later. So, yeah. And I think... I think... Yeah. So, I'll, I will also say that goes to points. I'll say it goes all 11 rounds. But 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 
Allen gets the win on points just from being able to kind of set up, use the jab to set up a couple, a couple of crosses at a couple points. Mm-hmm. He also seems like a boy who's been in some fights. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Josh Allen. Marcus seems like a guy who, you know, came home after school and like, you know, worked on his homework or, you know, practice football or something. Josh Allen probably was out running with the boys and getting all mixing up, you know, mixing up, chopping it up. I don't know what they do today. What, what the kids do, what they call fighting. I love where this is going. I think <laughs> they you should keep talking. I, I don't know what they do. You should definitely keep talking. <laughs> this is a good podcast. All right. I am going to keep talking, but I'm going to talk about the bye week in which the Bills don't play anyone, even in wacky schedule. Uh, then week seven, it's a home game against the Miami Dolphins. Back to football, but they're going to take it slow. And I have to ask, I forget if you guys looked at the uh, the brief one that I sent out like 12 days ago. Have we done two-hand touch as part of Wacky Schedule? I think we've done flag football. I don't know if we've we've done done two-hand touch. I've got an Excel spreadsheet, but I'm afraid to open it because of Zool. Yeah. True. Zool is always with us. Maybe you should answer and then look up the, the thing. The answer. Well, I guess Frank went second last time. So maybe Frank should go first. I don't know. Okay, so it's it's two hand touch against two? Two hand touch. Bills versus Dolphins. That's it. Bills Dolphins. Um well then I definitely want Christian Wade on the team for this game. Because <laughs> I think like this is the like this is the ace in the hole here. This is like you know, he's the rugby player and nobody can touch him. And so he just clearly had like the wiggle speed. Um and you know I think let's see what else. Um, trying to think, two hand touch, right? Have Josh Rosen in at at quarterback at this point, right? Right, definitely. I, you also don't need the offensive lines because in most two hand touches, you're not blocking. You yeah. get like you get the count. You're the Mississippi count. Who's then, who's going to be the rusher for the Bills? Um, Ed, oh, I mean, it's like, yeah, the problem with Jerry is that like, you know, he's going to not be patient, right? Like you can just, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> right. Hughes, one Mississippi, Jerry, two Mississippi, uh, screw it. That yeah. He's going to be one, two, two, five, right? He's, <laughs> he, you know, he just seems like the kind of guy who's going to go one, two, five and be there. Um, so, you know, it, it takes away from the bills who have like the heavy guys up front because that doesn't really help you. You need to be a quick guy. And 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 send that and everything is a lot more open Um, in a weird way that could that could benefit the Dolphins. But no, I think the Bills have the foresight to keep Christian Wade. He uh, he puts on a clinic and McCoy. I think the other guy is LaShawn McCoy, who probably would really benefit from really benefit from not being allowed to be touched. So I think that it's a field day for those guys and the and the Bills run up the score on Miami. I think so too, and that's that's not rule out Josh Allen's ability to get away from anyone who's trying to two hand touch him. Because you remember what happens if you had a mobile quarterback when you're playing two hand touch. Mm-hmm. If that guy gets a if the rusher comes at you and that guy beats the rusher, you have odd men all the way up the road, or in this case, the field, which sets up the across the field lateral throw if you need to make it because you've probably taken the rushing defender out of the the play. Especially in a, yeah, with a man defense, which you're almost always running into hand touch. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So I think I think this is going to be no contest. Uh, although yeah, there's always there's always Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm assuming like you you would want Ryan in this game because this is that Harvard education uh, can really is pick he, people apart. He doesn't have to worry about. Well, is, he Rose? The, is he Rose? on the Dolphins? Yes. No, he's I like the starting. He was no, last he, year. Remember, he's, he's on been the on Dolphins every now. Game. Yeah. 
You guys have to remember where which where is Ryan this year is a game. <laughs> he is he is with the Dolphins. He was actually ahead in their starting quarterback uh, debate with. Of course, with, he is. With Josh Rosen, I don't know how things stand today, though. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bills too. Too much mobility. Too much mobility. You guys covered the high points there, so there's, I'll say they win by three scores. There's the, there's the old game in like any college football. Like analysts will be like, "How is that guy still on this team? I feel like he's a seventh year senior." And and I feel like that with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel like how is he still playing? Like he can't still be. He's been in the league for 20 years. This isn't fair. Um, just go away. Um, yes. So the Bills win this one handily. I think Frank hit it on the head. Obviously, the Sean McCoy is his best self when playing two hand touch. I think. Plus, we've got a lot of other like small fast guys. I mean, I think Miami. Do they still have Devonte? Somebody. I don't they think might... they have anyone anymore. Devonte Parker. That's the one. Uh, that's a good question. They, uh, yes, they do. They do have Devontae okay. Park. So they still got that, but ultimately, like, we got McKenzie, we got Andre Roberts, uh, we got, uh, McCoy, uh, we got Singletary, who seems like a pretty good one. Um, I feel like there's definitely plenty of talent there, and, yeah, I mean, linebacker, like, Lorenzo Alexander, not a great two-hand touch player, probably, so he's probably on the outside looking in, but... With Milano and Edmonds, that's who I want as my like two hand touch linebackers. They're going to cover a lot of ground, so I'm I'm fully confident in the Bills in this one, um, as I think I'll be in the regular season when they play the Dolphins in actual football. Excellent. So we'll move on. Yeah, we'll say Bills like I don't know, like 42 to 14 or something. 42 sure. to 30. Four, uh, two hand touch games do get pretty score heavy, so I'll say 49 to 31 or something. Um, okay, so we move on to. The next game on the schedule, which is uh, home versus the Eagles. And always an interesting game when the Eagles come to town. And we're going to call this version of this game One-Armed Bandit because all of the players have one arm. Oh, I thought they were going to play slots, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought about like saving this till next year when Vegas... when. At some point, Vegas will be the on Vegas our Raiders, yeah. But I don't. That could be like four years from now. So I did. Uh, you know, who knows if we're doing this podcast in four years? Now, do, do the players get to go ahead, Frank? You no, I think you're. Question. I think you're going to ask my question. Do they get to choose which hand yes, they keep? That yes. was my question. Yes, they do get to choose which hand, and then it is surgically amputated with no chance of infection uh, or contagion the Monday before the game. And there's no pain, right? They're not in pain. There's, they're not in any painkillers. They are able to practice uh, like a normal person with who had lost an arm several years ago in that week before. So they get like basically, yeah, you get like three practices before you got to you got to suit up for the game. Yeah. OK. And then it'll be able to be reattached. Sure. Sure. We'll work it out for, for, for the week after. Yeah. Right. So the this, is, thing this that... is not a Kendrick Norton situation. Okay. No. I don't want to spend too much time on this part, this little – but, like, I was thinking, is there a good way, even if, like, everybody has a dominant hand on the offensive line, is there a best way <laughs> to stagger the arms so that there's not – like, should everybody have a left hand? I feel like – Yeah. Like, if you do, like, left. a left and right, like, are you going to leave a gap in the middle? I feel like you know? left tackle and left guard both have their left hands, right? Right guard and right tackle have their right hands. And then your center, 
you just shade him to whichever side you're more concerned about, probably, right? Yeah, and I Wherever think, Fletcher Cox is, probably you want the hand on him. And I think you have to leave a running back in for most of the game to block the other, like, to be the other hand for the center, I think, right? Because the center has to pick his snapping hand. It doesn't matter. That's right? true. Yeah, he, he has to. He can't just, you know, he has to have a snapping hand. So if he snaps the right, he can go right. It's, That's going to leave a gap on the left. It's going to it's going to be it's going to kind of look like a long snapping situation. Where he's really not going to be able to block for that first second. Right. He, no. Yeah. He's just going to get pulled over. So you need a running back there. Or like you said, stick with the long snapper shotgun. The like there's no there's no yeah, that's, we haven't even talked know. about. We haven't even gotten into the kicking game applications of this. Like applications of this. Well, like, he has both legs, so he should. Well, no, be- don't, don't worry about the kicker. What about the holder? Like, either you're going to have to snap that ball in a rainbowish way that allows the rushers to come uh, at every, you and block it immediately, every, or you're going to snap it so hard. So all the three phases of the game. This yeah. is no, why we have fall uh, on them. Let me. Let me. I, I've solved that. That everything's a drop. <laughs> That's like we're now doing. <laughs> The bat, like the snap bounce drop kick, like you like no holder. You gotta just you gotta do that the whole time. You just gotta kick it off the snap, or you you let it bounce and then. No, you... they do that thing that Doug Flutie did that one time where you get to like. <laughs> you gotta you catch like... it. You gonna catch it with one hand out of a long snap? Yeah. Well, quarterback's gonna have to catch it on a snap with one hand, and then yeah, it's the one way... hand with a shotgun snap. It'll kind of float up to him. I think that's reasonable. Well, so will the kicker. The kicker's just gonna have to practice. All right the ball sitting kicking it the punter probably right and then yeah you make the kick i think you make the kicker uh ineligible for the day and you don't even worry about it you just have the two point conversions just two point versions um the the tricky part with alan right is like you've got to field the ball with one hand and then probably like lean it against your stomach as you get it to where the laces are and then hope that you've got a good grip on it as you look to throw. Um, you, I think the other thing you could do, lots of direct snaps to the running back um, who could then just hopefully get it and take off, you know? And everybody's fumbling trying to block. The last thing we haven't talked about, tackling. Good luck tackling oh, yeah. with one hand. There's plenty right. of guys tackling in this league with one hand right now. That's true. <laughs> There's plenty of guys like trying to tackle, right? <laughs> Going for the shoestring tackle. Um I think that I was about to say that I was about to pull out my famous at the end of the day, but I'm, I'm going to save it. Um, who are they playing again? <laughs> the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. Uh, it is a, a, an NFC powerhouse, Philadelphia. Eagles. Yeah, then the Eagles are going to win this one. Unfortunately, I think they've got a I, they've got a few more guys with weapons, um, a l- little slippier, slippery, you know. And I don't put it past them to get some brass knuckles in there to like, you know, really like. Uh, mess around on the defense so i think that the bills are you know coming off two in a row feeling themselves pretty good and and thinking they're gonna waltz into this one and it doesn't work out for them so i'm gonna i'm gonna take the eagles i'm I'm also gonna take the eagles with slightly different logic because it's the one thing we forgot to throw in here so i'm going to therefore extend it to this direction with the officials also only having one arm it can be tough for them to call holding can be tough yep. for them to call offsides and be like, how am I going to even signal this? I'm just doing a fist in the air. I can't really do holding. I'm going to have to really try and reach across to grab my my flag to throw the penalties. I'm not going to throw penalties galore. And with the Eagles, you know, they're from Philly. They they know how to cheat. You know, as, as National League East baseball fans, we all know this. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to have to say the Eagles are going to they're going to take advantage of the rules here and they're they're going to win this one. 
I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Eagles as well. I think Frank kind of hit on it where I was going with this. This is going to rapidly turn into a kind of a wildcat based offense for both teams. Cause I think it's just going to be too hard to throw and to catch. Like that's the thing. It's going to be really hard to catch with one hand as at the receivers, but it's actually really going to be about the same for the defensive backs. Like the defensive backs barely, you know, if they're going to get a hand on it, they're going to get one. Usually they only get one hand on it anyway. So they're pretty, they're 90% effective with, with one hand. The receivers are like, I'm going to say like, 20% effective, 10% effective at that. So they're out of the game. This rapidly turns into basically kind of like a, you know, uh, you know, a triple option, read option kind of game. So then you're getting into the lines, quarterbacks, running backs. Um, obviously, the Bills has some decent backs. Allen's pretty good at running the ball. Uh, I think better than than Wentz, but I think I like the, the, the stable of, of uh, Eagles running backs with Corey Clement from Wisconsin. Uh, Darren Sproles going to be good with one hand, I think. Uh, let's see, Smallwood, guys who were killing my fantasy team last year. Um, but anyway, yeah, like I, I think, and plus their line a little bit better, a little more solidified than our line with obviously Jason Peters, um, Lane Johnson, uh, Andre Dillard, you know, plenty of talent there. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Eagles as well here. Okay. Uh, so we'll move on another NFC East tilt. Uh, this this one also in Buffalo is the ninth uh, home game this year for Buffalo actually um, no it is and the the uh, at this point um, we're kind of about like early stages of the Planet of the Apes takeover so the monkeys aren't super intelligent yet but there are a lot of them and they're loose on the field so. A lot of pissed off uh, kind of, I'm going to say, 20 pissed off chimpanzees on the field for the whole game. And so now they have to play. Go. Hmm. Hmm. Another postcard. With chimpanzees. Uh, From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. You finally made a monkey, monkey out of me. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Can I just do that and not answer? That, we like to <laughs> and the Simpsons. That's how we get out of problems. So just to I'm clear. Troy McClure. You might remember me from such Bills games as. So just to be clear, a chimpanzee is more robust than the bonobo. Yes. Weighing 40 to 60 kilos or 88 to 132 pounds for males and 27 to 50 kilos for females, standing close to 100 to 170 centimeters or three and a half to five and a half feet. Okay. And how many of them are there? 20. There's 20. And you, they, you just got to play around them. Like yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Can, you can, I mean, you can go at them. I'm yeah, I'm sure. I'm not sure you like that. Where that? No, I think they, yeah, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Going, you don't go at you. You don't go at pissed off chimps. No, I, I, I don't think it matters. I, I, I think, I think these chimpanzees. I think somebody's gonna die. I, <laughs> I think you're laughing. I don't think this is funny. I think this is woefully upsetting. And I'm <laughs> gonna black speak, day. For the NFL. I'm gonna speak to whoever just chose this. Um. 
No, I it went I, too far. It, it, it went go- too far. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think a chimpanzee is going to kill somebody. Um, I think the number of false starts and offsides are going to be obscene. <laughs> a lot of pre-snap uh, violations here. I tons of pre- uh, I, this game ends in a draw because I don't think they can play. I think literally there is feces thrown at people's faces. I think anybody who doesn't wear an eye visor is now blind. Um, and I think that the kickers and punters are literally just like like draped around the 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 field goal posts uh, in a triumph to show the dominance of the chimpanzee. The chimpanzees have ripped off their heads and are smiling ripped off their faces and placed them on, the, right. on their new homes in the exactly. They would be probably attracted to the field goal posts. I didn't really consider that, but that does make sense, right? I think they want to climb up that, and I think the only thing that gets them out is the smell. And the worst is, like, fans are dead. There is, like, drunk people. Like, you think think a drunk Bills fan is a problem? Wait till you see a chimpanzee go through a folding table, my friends. Uh, uh, You're going to have to close down the stadium that they play in because it's going to be the the beginning of the end for the human race. And we all have Scott to thank for this. So, uh, Ty. Yeah, I'm going to choose Ty because Scott killed everybody. The refs refs called it before. Okay. They didn't call it before. They're they're dead, too. They're just on the the field and the clock ran out and, and, you know, and it's coach, all, this is 20 chimpanzees. Okay. Coach and Reno are talking about the game and, you know, they're trying, they just sort of got these pale looks on their faces. They cut to break and, you know, <laughs> no, I was pay- going to say, what's, what's McDermott's post post game press conference after that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look at the film guys. I don't know. There's a lot of things that went wrong out there today, but <laughs> I don't want to put the film. Blame the on cameraman. It. They ate the, they ate the film. <laughs> They wiped their asses with the film. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we lost it. Josh, Josh Allen, poor son of a bitch. I, I just want him to look, you know, dead-eyed into the camera and be like, you know, guys, we've talked about it. just part of the process. This right. is part of the process. Shrimps pillaging the field and killing humans, part of the process. Right <laughs> up there with, you know, getting enough backs, getting enough carries in the backfield to be a competent running back. Same deal. Good same number of carries. Thick, I can't yeah. possibly make a prediction on this game, by the way. I I literally Googled chimpanzee folding table, hoping I could see some chimpanzee folding table action, but there is none. Um, so I, I, uh, I'm going to have to pick. I, I can't say tie, so I'll just say uh, 74 to 10 to 3 in favor of the chimps. Okay. So the chimps learn how to play football, and they beat the Redskins and the Bills. Yeah, uh, that I look think at is... look at the look at the look at the history of those franchises, Scott. Not as yeah. far fetched as you might think. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a yeah. football game. Mm-hmm. I mean, not know. to the chimpanzees. They are now <laughs> the chimpanzees invent a new game. Are they are they in D.C. this year or are they in chimpanzees? Buffalo? Chimpanzees? No, well, uh, <laughs> the they're, game. They're in Buffalo. <laughs> it's in okay. Buffalo. All right. Well, then I feel safe down here. I'm going to feel very <laughs> bad for everybody in Buffalo. Um, so that was the four games. Thank you, Scott, for organizing once again. And we are an hour and two minutes in, Paul. So I would All like right. to do this day is in Bill's history, and then I would like to get the hell out of here. Sorry, right. everyone. Well, we'll move. We'll move these along. Um, today, 
to today for the record, and that's just all the listeners are so enthused right now for rapid fire the Stain Bills headlines. All of these headlines are for we're going to pretend today is August 7th because that's when I did a shit ton of research to get <laughs> the thread for our last pod. I have one headline from August 19th, which is actually today, which I will open with right now from the Los Angeles Times, August 19th, 1986. Bills make blank NFL's highest paid player. What day was this? What year August was this? August 19th, 1986, 33 years ago. They made Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, his contract, a whopping five years, $7.5 million. Wow. Essentially what a good long snapper would get nowadays. Right. So, you know, that was the largest contract in NFL history signed this day in 86. But since today is actually August 7th, let's go through some headlines from August 7th. 2018. Uh, this is a smart trade. Analysts and media react to Buffalo Bills acquiring blank. I know this one. Do you want to take a shot at it? Go uh, ahead, trade last. Last year during training camp. Uh, is this? Um, oh, I don't know. Actually, I have it wrong. Never mind. Go ahead. Wait, was it two years ago? Was Bolden? Yes, two years ago would have been. And I don't think they uh, traded for Bolden. I think that was. Yeah, that was just a free agent signing. Uh, uh, This is the guy. Hold on. Yeah. This Uh, is the guy who walked off the field. Oh. Monte Davis? (laughs) No, no. No, was he free agent? Free agent, too. Okay. This Um, is a guy. I'll give the the hint. An adult male chimpanzee. He was mm. uh, traded for a 2020 seventh round chimpanzee. Excuse me, a draft pick. I think uh, you guys got to be it. careful with the like now comparing chimpanzees <laughs> yeah, to okay. players. All right. right, I was not correct. Right. Yeah. Uh, he did not make the team and ended up as a kick returner for the Giants. Oh, um, oh, now I know him. It's uh, Kalen Clay. Oh no, he went to the Panthers. Damn it! When he I this guy know. was a receiver from the Browns, made his name on Hard Knocks. Josh Gordon. Wow. No one remembers Corey Coleman. Corey Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman. That's right. We talked about him on the pod for like three episodes last year. All right. Um, All right. He's he was last year's Robert Foster in a way. (laughs) And and hopefully won't have the same end. But yeah, not as good. Not as good. I'm going to shoot straight with you guys. If that was if that was the effort on Corey Coleman, we're in for a long segment. So I'm really going to have to speed these up. 2017 uh how bills how buffalo bills offensive tackle blank plans to stay ready during suspension Uh, this player says i'll be in meetings i'll still be eating with the team i'll be with them as much as i can other than game day and things like that that's what i'm going to do to keep me on the same path before you know it those five games will be up and i'll be back out there can you tell me the year again 2017 two years ago this Cordy wasn't Glenn. No, no, not co- not Cordy. Is that the right part of the team, though? Yeah, it's offensive tackle. You're right. Then you're it's up. is it was it Richie Incognito? It was not. He was a guard. Uh, uh, the suspension, the five games was, was the right tackle two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a Craig Urbic, uh, just <laughs> pots his pot because he has Crohn's disease. Oh, Chantrell. oh, Sean Henderson. Henderson. And there we go. That's oh, right. Boy. That's why he was suspended for five games, right? Yeah. Yep. We definitely talked about that in the pod too. Yeah. All right. 
I have mild degrees of optimism on this one simply because I can't be a pessimist anymore. All right, 2016, blank's status uncertain one day after knee injury. That's everybody. We, yeah, I, I, <laughs> don't worry, there's descriptions. We hope like heck blank will be available to us, said Rex Ryan. He's a heck of a football player. He's one of those 150 tackles in a season type guy. That loss would be a big one for us, but hopefully he'll be right. Um this player does have 130 combined tackles in his career and zero for the Bills. Well, it can't be um, Kiko Alonso because he did have tackles for the Bills. Did. Um, this is okay. Reggie Ragland. Okay. Hey, oh, yes. Oh, well done, Frank. Yes. That's we got one right. say I can't but no. <laughs> I can't There will be no shutout today. All right. 2015, going back four years. Um, when opportunity knocked, Bill's linebacker blank answered. He says, you're placing a Pro Bowl player. If Kiko had played last year, he would have been a Pro Bowl caliber player. So you have to go in and try and produce. That was the main thing going into camp. Just try and learn all three linebacker positions because I never knew where I would be each week. Uh, for his career, he has 505 combined tackles uh, with the Bills. And he has 42 tackles for another team, which I'll give you if you don't guess him. Was the other team after or before this? After. After. So he's no longer a Bill. I believe the Bills was 15 through 7, or maybe 2014 through 2017, and then last year he was with another team. Okay. Um, did average over 100 tackles a year, so did did his job. I'm trying to remember who else were the linebackers. I know Zach Brown was one, but he was with the Redskins last year and had more than 40 tackles. Right. Arthur Motes was before all this. Yeah. He's too old. This guy was uh, a leading tackler, I think, for three straight seasons, actually. I'm going to be so mad. It's going to because it's after pause. Yep. So post pause, post Kiko, pre Edmonds. Oh, man. It's we like I can name so like dumb. every other backer. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Since then, like in the last 15 years, except for that weird. Period. I can I can see somebody getting burned by Gronkowski right. now, and I just can't <laughs> name him. I will give a I should give a college on this one before I'll give a I'll tell you what two big hints I'll give you the college and the team he went to. So he played college at uh, where I just was Louisville, or as the locals call it Louisville, and uh, he now plays for the oh. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh fudge. Um. Uh, I can't. I can't. You know, I I know who it is. It's um, it's a uh, current WWE Universal Champion Seth Rollins. It's uh, actually Becky Lynch. Oh, uh, the man, the man. Sense. Yeah. Preston Brown. Preston, Preston Brown. Brown. All right. This one from 2012. I knew oh, that was the thing that bothered me. I was like, yeah. it was a brown. And I yeah, was thinking Zach Brown, and I'm like, the other linebacker was named Brown. <laughs> what was his name? And it never, Preston was not coming up in my brain. I'm terrible. It happens. All right, 2012, number one. I've got two of them from 2012. I, I don't even remember this person, so we're just going to whip through this one because I, you know, if you guys get it, great. They did a Q&A with a Bills offensive tackle. He says, uh, when I first started playing the seventh grade, they put me in offensive lineman's uniform for the spring. When the regular season came around, I worked all summer on my hands because I wanted to be a tight end. I was always a little bit smaller, never a super big guy, but I ate a couple of cheeseburgers and now I'm a tackle. The rest is history. Now, this was seven years ago. He would spend three seasons with the Bills, then six seasons with the Jags, 
then with the Dolphins, and then he worked out with the Bills just two weeks ago, and I don't remember this person at all. (laughs) If you can tell me this guy who was with the Bills for three years, had six seasons with the Jags and Dolphins, and has now worked out for the Bills just this month of August. Nothing. Nothing. All right. It's uh, Sam, when you were young. Uh, Sam Young. Sam Young. That name does ring a bell. Yes. Okay. All right. 2012, number two. Uh, all right, another linebacker. Linebackers have been a bugaboo for us on this one. Uh, Buffalo Bills blank is key part of 4-3 defense. I was excited. Whichever way it is, as long as I have a job in the league and I'm able to compete on Sundays, I'm happy. But, of course, I've been in the 4-3 scheme my whole life. Now going into Coach Wanstead, he's one of the gurus of the 4-3 defense. So, of course, I was excited. Um, I will note he was traded the next offseason season. And the guy he was traded for is still on the Bills. Hmm. Hmm. Kelvin Shepard. Yes. Oh, because oh, he got that was the. Well I wasn't going to get it until there's you said only the four trade. guys. Yeah. Yeah, he's and still I was on the team. Well, and it was the um. Yeah, it was the Hughes trade, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Hughes. All right. This is another blast from the past. Um, 2011 Bill Flo Bills rookie blank a plus size refrigerator Perry says, I played around 435 or 440 pounds, but I didn't necessarily know that all the time because we didn't have a scale to weigh me when he was growing up. He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2011 draft out of tiny Bethel College in McKenzie, Tennessee. He would never play for the Bills, I don't think. Um, but he was he was the all the talk of preseason because of his size. I vaguely remember this, but I don't remember the name. It's not Ed Wang, but I wanted to bring him up. Right. I always bring up Ed Wang. It is Michael Jasper. Jasper. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that name. Yeah. All right. Uh, 2005, I'm going to save for last because it's the most depressing one. Uh, 2003. Oh, another linebacker. Uh, Blank needed Bills as much as they need him. Blank is a hard hitter who also has the range to drop back into coverage. He and Jeff Posey will play the outside positions with returning starter London Fletcher in the middle. Takeo? Takeo, Scott. Oh, yes. Man. I, All right, I'm, we got a couple here. This is I good. Know. I know. It's like you guys, you couldn't get Corey Coleman, and then you're whipping out these names from 16 years ago like nothing. All right. Takeo played for the fucking team. <laughs> I'm supposed to remember Corey Coleman and his bullshit. Okay. All right. Uh, another linebacker, 1997, blank, sued over autograph. A $450,000 lawsuit contends that former Buffalo Bills linebacker, blank, uh, uh, let's see, manhandled, picked, her, picked a woman up against her will, slung over her shoulder, and signed his name on her upper thigh. This came to nothing. So I, it's, it's not yeah, yeah, that was not Shane Conlon. So, no. Um, Still semi-active in the organization, not a member of the, the team or the coaching staff, but you see him around. On Russ Brandon, right? That's, that's <laughs> a Russ Brandon move. Um, hmm. I will say probably not Daryl Talley. Uh, I'm going to say you probably should say Daryl Talley. <laughs> Daryl Talley? Daryl Talley. Oh, boy. Nothing came of it. It that's was not, that was just uh, no. understanding. So, um, I hope um, you to do that. Like, he's uh, Daryl. Daryl's oh, Daryl. All right, 1993, 26 years ago. This isn't a headline, but the Bills lost to the Vikings today. And where did they lose to the Vikings? In what fine world city? 
if you know your folk music, uh, Leonard Cohen would have captured this city right after taking Manhattan. First we take Manhattan, then we take the world. But no, what does he say? Then we take where? First we take Manhattan, then we take... I thought he said then we take the world. No, no. Oh, you've misunderstood that lyric for years. We're going to clarify some lyrics for you. Okay, yeah. Excuse um, me while I kiss this guy. I, Scott, okay. I did actually go through your whole Facebook page today and check to see if you have visited this city in your many travels, and I could not determine it. Though you've definitely visited the country in which the city is. Oh. Berlin. Berlin. Good job. Ah, That's right. No. Have not been to Berlin. Have not then had the pleasure. Then we take Berlin. Berlin. That's right. Yep. All right, so we're going to go to the 2005 headline because this was the only way to it. And you'll both get this, uh, but I'll read it through anyway. 2005, Rogers or blank, who will be better? <laughs> Tom Donahoe said the Bills might have taken Rogers this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead, okay. That's <laughs> pretty much it. We really thought Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback who was most ready to play. We liked Alex Smith, but we felt the type of offense Aaron had been. He'd probably have an easier transition. He just has a sense of knowing where to go with the ball. But it doesn't matter because we have blank. I can't even say it. All right. We will just, we all know. We all know it's, it, it's, it's, it's Kelly Holcomb. I was going to say, I was, I, no, it was 90% J- yeah. sure it was J.P. Lawson. Yep. Yeah. No, and that, yeah. was, that was this day in Bill's headlines because it's August 7th of whatever the heck year it is now right well you'll be hearing this on august 20th uh after i stop this new recording on skype we'd like to shout out skype and thank them for and to this what who is the company that made it micro sufut micro yeah um yeah they're trying to get me up to to update my windows 7 which i've had for 10 years and i guess i'm gonna have to do that at some point yeah at some point you're gonna probably have to do that no wonder you're zooling all the time Uh, (laughs) But if you like this podcast, visit us on Facebook.com backslash BBillsMNY or BBillsMNY on Twitter or BBillsMNY at gmail.com. Um, you know, download this onto your Zoom and rock out and tell your friends. You can get us on iTunes. You can search Buffalo Bills Podcast. We're there. Um, and we really thank you for listening today. Sorry there was a, a, a gap there. We didn't mean for there to be one. We will discuss uh, the Bills result after the next preseason game. Uh, until then, thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>